Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. Rabbi. What actually happens when a person does a mitzvah? The easiest answer is nothing. Or more specifically, whatever happens according to the person's relationship to that mitzvah, meaning this mitzvah speaks to me in a certain way. Let's say it reminds me of home or of the importance of community or of my ethical responsibilities. And according to my investment in and relationship to those values, I conjure up on my own free will a personal response. It evokes something in me, my emotions, my aspirations, etc. But the performance of the mitzvah has done nothing on its own without me bringing that additional willingness and ambition to bring myself and the contents of my experience to the performance of that mitzvah. In this sense, each mitzvah is a symbol. It is a reminder to do that work of bringing myself and my experience forward and to do the work that it reminds me to do. But Rav Cook wants us to know that echad one of the primary essential principles is she'ena mitzvot devarim simboliim, is that mitzvot are not symbolic. Kimo simane zikaron, like mnemonic devices. Ela hein peulot yitziriot, rather, they are generative functions. They do something. They have an effect as they are. They act on the world and change the world. They make the world into something new. And what it is that they do and the effect that they have is determined by the fact that they are created according to the divine compass. Interestingly, this is not the compass that gives us a sense of direction, but rather the tool that is used in order to draw a circle. As if there is a particular center point around which a mitzvah or the mitzvot revolves, and each mitzvah is the prescription of a circle around that center point. Just the same, these mitzvot, all mitzvot, are designed by the divine source, and they include a sort of automatic impact. Not to say that they don't have additional effects and additional capacities. As Rav Cook writes, Umikomakom, they also have a great expanse with all the beauty of symbolism, which I take to mean that they also have that deep personal inner impact, especially 
if Rav Cook is using the word symbol in any way remotely connected to and similar to the way that Carl Jung uses the word symbol, which includes language or an image that conveys by means of concrete reality something hidden or unknown. A symbol for Jung has a numinous quality which is only dimly perceived by the conscious mind. These symbols can never fully be understood by the conscious mind. If what Rav Cook means by symbol is related to Jung's definition of symbols, then each mitzvah presents something beyond what the human mind could design or resolve or fully know the implications of. If this is what Rav Cook means by a symbol, then yes, each mitzvah provides a sort of journey, a path towards something that can't fully be known in the human mind, and it pulls us forward into deeper levels of meaning. And all of that may be true for Rav Cook, but that is not the central impact or function of the mitzvot. These mitzvot have a generative function that stands beyond their symbolic function. And now Rav Cook gives an example. Tefisat yesod hakoach behemi hameshutaf la'adam v'la'behema. The element of the animal force, which is shared by humans and by animals, hakalul b'mahutam shel ha'seorim, which is included in the essence of barley. Barley was very much considered animal food in days of yore. And this barley is what is taken up in the offering of the Omer, Hamid Kaleo Omer. What happens when the barley is offered up onto the altar in the ritual that defines the time of the Omer? after Passover and before Shavuot. A symbolic possibility is that it reminds us as human beings that we need to recognize and work with and refine and contextualize our animal powers and our animal capacities. Which, by the way, Rav Cook is not scornful of animal powers. He thinks they have a very important place in the context of how human beings behave. And he sees in animal power a very strong and clear force and source of energy. Just the same, it could be that when the Omer barley offering is offered up on the altar, it reminds us as a symbol that we need to work with our animal selves and contextualize that energy and put it in its proper place so that we can access and tap into that energy in a positive and human way. But for Rav Cook, who sees the mitzvot as inherently ontologically generative functions, when the barley is placed on the altar, which is the inclination of the will of the collective rising towards the holy has the automatic effect of stirring up all of the souls 
towards something better. Osa tesisa gedola lishavach b'chol And not only on the souls, but on all aspects of life and of existence that are related to this offering. So if this act were only symbolic, then it would only have an effect on the people who saw it happening or who knew it was happening, and they would then be given the opportunity or even the mandate to contemplate and to meditate on the potential impact and meaning of that act and then take it seriously and bring their aspects and elements to the mix in order to be affected by this mitzvah. But for Rav Cook, it has an effect on those people and on the people who don't see it and on all or many aspects of reality which are related to this movement up toward the holy. This fundament is essential in understanding Rev. Cook's approach to korbanot, to the animal and grain offerings that were brought in the temple. Rev. Cook saw these offerings as having inherent and powerful impact on the world, addressing many aspects of human existence and causing them to rise towards the holy. With this in mind, performing mitzvot brings a divinely designed energy and trajectory into the world. And what an honor it is that by lighting Hanukkah candles or blowing shofar or putting on tefillin, I can help the entire world rise.